Good morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. A couple of weeks ago, we started a mini-series on prayer that will take us through the rest of the summer months into the fall. Prayer. Do you struggle with prayer? When I, when I say prayer, I think sometimes all of us, I know myself, it, I'm included in the all of us. I struggle with prayer. I find myself struggling not in the why of prayer, but in the how to pray. I think part of my problem, maybe you're a little bit like me, is that I tend to complicate prayer and make it something unnatural and unattainable when in reality, prayer is so simple to understand and do if you're willing to engage your heart. It's really all it takes. If you have a willing heart, all of us here can can be mighty in prayer. There needs to be, in the words of our friend who shared last week, Jesse Wagner, he, he used a phrase that I had never used before. He said something about Anxiety. Remember that? Fruit anxiety. And if we can get past the, the whole idea of, of there's not enough fruit in my life, because if you remember, John 15 says, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're going to have fruit in your life. You're going to bear much fruit, which includes prayer. You're going to love to pray. We won't have to say, I should pray more, or it's not good enough. We have to remind ourselves, no fruit anxiety. But sometimes we just need a little help on the how. On the how. So at the conclusion of this message, I'm going to give you a simple tool that will help you in the how to pray. Because I know that you find yourself feeling the same way that I do. You're saying, I don't know how. To do prayer. I don't know how, what words to use. What length should my prayers be? How should I say it? What should I say? Here's the good news. We're not the first people, nor will we be the last people who ever struggle with this. You're not alone in your struggle. If you would say, I, I need to learn to grow in prayer, so do I. Jesus, Jesus listen, Jesus struggled in prayer. You're saying, what? What are you talking about? Come again? Jesus struggled in prayer? You heard me right. I didn't say Jesus struggled with prayer. Jesus loved to pray, didn't he? He loved to get away. In fact, he would often pull away from the crowds and even from his disciples to spend time with his father. He loved to pray. He didn't have a problem with prayer. But Jesus did struggle in prayer. When I say Jesus struggled in prayer, what do I mean by that? I mean that he got down on the mat when he prayed. He didn't just go through the motions. If you go through the motions, you're going to start one week, and four weeks later, you're not going to be praying very much anymore. If all it is is just kind of doing some kind of robotic spiritual exercise that won't last, 
Jesus struggled in prayer. How did he struggle? I went to the scripture that it's an obscure scripture. When we talk about prayer, we don't usually go to this scripture. In fact, I had to slow down, stop, reread it a few times because it was like, wow, I'd seen this, but this is incredible how Jesus prayed. I thought, well, maybe, you know, the, the picture that I saw when I was a little boy was his hands were folded. Remember that? With that, that loaf of bread right here? Do you, you remember that picture, right? And the, the guy's just like praying like this. And it's like, I don't, you know, I think maybe Jesus folded his hands once in a while, probably lifted his hands up, got down on his knees. I mean, every posture you can imagine Jesus used. But he wasn't real quiet in prayer. He didn't whisper his prayers. He wasn't robotic in his praying. This scripture that I'm going to take you to is a scripture that talks about how Jesus actually went about praying. I think you're going to look at it and go, wow, how did I miss that? He poured out his heart to his Abba. When I say he understands prayer or your struggle, he understands your struggle. Bottom line, he was dependent on his father. And so he pours out his heart in prayer. It's Hebrews 5, 7 through 10. During the day, days, underline that word days, it's not day, it's not singular, it's plural. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up what? Prayers, petitions. How? With fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. It's an interesting verse, isn't it, about prayer? You don't often hear this scripture used when we're talking about praying. As we read the scriptures there, did you see the theme of dependency? It's the thread that runs throughout this whole passage. Once again, Jesus struggled not with prayer, but it says he struggled in prayer. He offered up prayers, petitions with fervent cries and what? Tears. He cried, he wept when he prayed. Talks about obedience. Jesus didn't struggle with obedience, but he did struggle in obedience in that he suffered. He went through suffering. Now, it wasn't imaginary. It was real suffering. Talks about in the scripture. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered 
Verse 9, and once made perfect. What does that mean? Jesus was not, of course, made perfect in the sense of having his nature improved. He was eternally perfect in righteousness, holiness, wisdom, knowledge, truth, power, and in every other virtue, was he not? So how did he become perfect? He already was perfect. What's going on here? Well, he became perfect in the sense that he completed his qualification for becoming the eternal high priest. He went through every single trial. He suffered immensely. Anything that you're going through, I want you to know today that Jesus has gone through it. He has struggled. Verse 7, some take this verse to refer only to the battle that Jesus had at Gethsemane. But like I said, it didn't say during the day of Jesus' life on earth, but days. Remember that passage? You remember the battle when Jesus sweat drops of blood and pleaded with God? That was the culmination, yes, but it wasn't the only time that Jesus prayed like this. Days. Not just a night or a day, but during all the days of his humanity, he was wrestling and praying and begging and crying and weeping. It was not brief. It was a lifetime of warfare against sin, just like us. Wouldn't it be nice if I could look at you today and say, I know that in this last week that you only battled one day out of the seven. How many here would say that? That's me. I battled just one day this last week. Look, there's not one hand. But if I were to say, did you battle five days or six days or seven days? I think 90% of the hands would go up and say, yes, that's me. This week was a battle. You wouldn't believe my Thursday. Let me tell you about what took place on Thursday. Did you pray during that battle? Jesus had all kinds of battles. He prayed through them all. Fervent cries. When when I read that scripture, and you just stop and and look at it, what, what would that look like? What would that sound like? Fervent cries. I think the disciples at times are going, okay, Jesus left us. He's up in that hill praying, and we can hear him right now. What, what's going on? And he's crying. Is, is Jesus emotionally stable? Is he going to be okay? Somebody talk to him. What image do you see of Jesus? Are you a little uncomfortable? Tears streaming down his face. Maybe one of the reasons we are cold and uncomfortable in prayer, devoid of emotion, 
is that we're not authentic in prayer. We become robotic. Jesus wasn't just going through the motions. It says he cries out to the one who could save him. Jesus was dependent on his father. His dependency is the constant theme in the scripture. Prayer is the proof of his dependency on God. That's the one thing I want you to know about prayer today. We just read about it. There it is. It's true of Jesus. In his humanity, he needed his Father. And so he prayed often, regularly, passionately, authentically, with fervor, loud cries, silently, with tears rolling down his cheeks. He didn't like to suffer any more than any of you like to suffer. And we read about his suffering. So what does it mean for you? When those old, cold fingers of dread begin to wrap around your heart, what are you going to do? You know what I'm talking about. You all look so put together today. But you're just like me. When that devil gets in your head and he tries to bring that discouragement and that depression on you, over you, what are you going to do? You got to cry out. Talk to your Abba. I know the heart of Gateway Church. I've been here long enough to know the heart of Gateway Church. Most of you would agree that prayer proves my dependence on God. I don't want to go it alone. So I want to leave you with a simple tool that will help you in the how to pray. This is a tool that, that I use, have used for many, many years. It was introduced to me a long, long time ago. It's a simple tool, but it works. When you get stuck in prayer, when I get stuck in prayer, I use it. It's Acts. Do you remember that one? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And I knew intercession's in there somewhere, so I just put this one in, all right? You, you got to work with me on this because I can't find a spot in the acrostic for intercession, so I just put it in there. You know what intercession is? It's this right here, Colossians 1, 9 through 12. It's praying for one another, interceding. We need someone to pray for us on a regular basis. A, how do you pray? Adoration. You adore God. I challenge you this week, 10 minutes in the morning, begin. Use your, 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 your phone. It's a little wooden right now, but it will work. Go on there, put 10 minutes, okay? Start 10 minutes. Adoration. Adore God. Abba, Father, I love you. Jesus, be like Mary when she broke the alabaster jar, that which was her most 
earthly prized possession. She what? She, she broke it and poured the contents on Jesus. She poured out her love. Just adore God. Adore Jesus. Confession. Take time to confess your sins. Name them. It's all right to put what, what, what you're struggling with, with sin. It might be pride, anger, unforgiveness, lust, deceit. Confess your sin. Now, I could make a joke here and say, well, some of us, that would take 20 minutes in and of itself, but I won't. Confess what you believe about God. Confess some of the truths that you need to encourage your heart. Make the good confession. It's not just about sin, but about who God is. Confess that promise that you need. T, thanksgiving. Give him thanks. Thank him for the trial that you're going through. S is supplication. It means to ask for that which you need. Jesus told us when you pray, what is one of the things that we are allowed to pray? And Jesus said, go for it, do it. Give us this day what? Our daily bread. Meet our needs. Jesus, I pray that you would meet my need, the needs of my family. What needs do you have? What financial needs do you have? Have you given up in praying for those needs? Go for it. You got the green light. What physical needs do you have? I challenge you, 10 minutes at the beginning of the day, and then conclude your day, 10 minutes, by using this simple tool. Who knows? Your prayers just might get a little emotional. You might even get to a place in your life where you can't live without praying. It's like breathing and eating and drinking and sleeping and praying. Imagine if everyone who needed a jump start in prayer today got it. Imagine if for one week, seven days, we started and concluded each day with adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. How would that impact the culture at Gateway? I think our conversations would turn to spiritual things quicker, don't you? we would start sharing about the answers that God's giving us to prayers. We would start talking about what God's saying to us and what we're speaking back to him. Those 10 minutes would start to grow to 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes, probably even longer. But that doesn't really matter. There's no need for fruit anxiety, right? 
that your relationship with God would become exactly that, a real, intimate, vital relationship, something that every dependent human being longs for. And you can have it. It's called prayer. Maybe you should try it again. Acts. It's easy. I've been doing this this week. I, I was saying, okay, Lord, I'm gonna just I'm gonna work this tool again, and it's it's helped me. I believe it will help you, Lord. Remember the scriptures. Jesus, when your disciples pulled you aside and said, Jesus, teach us to pray like you. So today we're sitting at your feet. We just saw an example of how you prayed to your Father. How in your humanity you were dependent, so dependent on him. How you longed for those moments, those nights, early mornings, late evenings, throughout the day, you would just converse with your Father. So Lord, we're asking that you would teach us to pray. We want to grow in our communication. We want to begin to pour out our hearts like we never have. Maybe we would weep during this week. Maybe you would touch us so emotionally in our hearts that we would just start to cry because of the deep love that we have for you, God. Just a word that comes to my heart right now is that apathy that you are struggling with, that coldness in your relationship, not only with God, but with others. God wants to to release you from that, starting today. He wants you to start to pray. Not be filled with anxiety about it, but just to use this simple tool. So I encourage you to do that. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. This is all made possible because of our Lord. What he did for us on the cross, right? He he made a way for us. I'm going to ask the communion stewards to come and just be seated here at the front. As we prepare for communion, I just want you to look at that verse again in, in Hebrews 5, verse 7. You may be seated. It said, when Jesus prayed to the one who was able to save him from death. Well, what, does that, what does that mean? We know that Jesus wasn't hoping to escape the cross or the grave. That was the very purpose for which he came, 
I think a more accurate translation of that phrase would be to save him out of death. What does that mean? Jesus was not asking to be saved from dying, but to be saved out of death. That is to be saved from remaining in death. He was not asking to avoid the cross, but to be assured of the resurrection. I'm going to read Psalm 16 as we prepare our hearts for communion. This is an interesting scripture. It talks a little bit about what this prayer, the scripture meant. Verse 8 through 11, it says, Keep my eyes on you. Therefore, my heart is glad. Because you will not abandon me. Here's the prayer. You will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. That's what he's praying. And obviously we know the Father answered his prayer because on the third day he rose from the grave. So check your heart today. Communion is is a time for the Christians, the family of God, to come together. Take that bread, symbolizing his body, to take that cup, symbolizing his blood shed for you. Spend time with the Lord, and then we will take the elements together.